Preparing for an interview is like Rocky. Hello, and welcome to the Story Points Podcast. My name is Roger King. Wait, no, that's me. And I'm Joe Misery. Just kidding. My name is George Marcantonis. <laughs> Today, our topic is about interviewing. In the previous episode, we talked about how we got started and how you can get started as a software engineer. For today, we will dive into the whole interviewing process, talk a bit about our experiences interviewing, and how we think we can improve it. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. So we're starting to look for another engineer. Ooh, big step. Which is pretty exciting for me because I can go on vacation and have days off without worrying about the app dying. I think you're still going to worry about the app dying. but Yeah, I think at this point it's like my little baby, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it's, it's interesting because it's like, what do we put in this job description? Or as, our, as the co-founder likes to say, JD. I've never heard that before. Uh, and all I think of is Scrubs because the guy's JD. name is JD. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Why does she keep talking about Scrubs right now? Yeah. It's funny you mention that because, damn it. <laughs> That's definitely a Joe thing. Yep. <laughs> I was talking to one of our recruiters couple weeks ago and we were in this interview or yeah i was in this interview and the guy never showed up and i messaged him i was like great hey blah 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 didn't show up did you hear from him and then he shortens the candidate to tc and i was like what the fuck does tc mean and like that apparently that's recruiter talk for the candidate it's like why i've never heard that. why do you need to shorten that (laughs) i thought that those were his initials no that was just him not trying to say the candidate i was see i knew i figured it was something like to shorten it but i was like technical candidate well, not you, just yeah. do you need candidate. to do that like <laughs> the <on>. guy <laughs> yeah. candidate did not <laughs> show up or just say yeah the name <laughs> it's the candidate i reached out to tc i was like why <laughs> who who is tc am yeah. i waiting for the wrong person right now <laughs> yeah but anyway you were saying? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that we have to come with a job description because I don't know what to put. You just copy one from the internet or something? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I've copied one that I've seen, and they're just so funny because a lot of them are like entry-level software engineer, three-plus years experience. I'm is like, that entry-level? I don't know. What, three <laughs> years? That's sounds... For them, it is. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Yeah, uh, I guess it depends on the company. But like... Yeah. But you know how like most of those things go. It's like we're looking for twenty plus years in Kubernetes experience. Yeah. Kubernetes <laughs> came out like eight years ago. Yeah. Buddy. Relax. <laughs> uh, but uh, trying to come up with a job description is interesting, right? Like we want to make it kind of more conversational and not just bullet pointing. So I'm actually wondering what you guys think about that. So making it more sound like we're talking to them if that makes sense, as opposed to just being like four years of experience, use TypeScript, use, you know, message queues, knows this, bullet pointing. I personally hate that. Um, I, I hate the conversational one. I would rather just list everything you use, list what I'm in charge of, and that's it. Because if I'm interview, if I'm applying to jobs, I'm applying to a bunch at a time. So like, that's true. Biggest, like easiest want, way to filter out jobs yeah. that you should apply like, to. You could do that in bullet format, but like keep it nice and sweet to one sentence. Well, so we do. I think something. It's like a combination of both, right? So like we have. The oh, intro, I'm gonna look at yours. The intro paragraph. <laughs> the intro paragraph, yeah. and like you're talking about what you do, That's a good and there's ground. like a bunch of perks, yeah. and like we list all that stuff out, and then it Ooh. says you don't need all those requirements, but here's kind of this is the what list. we're looking for. Yeah. yeah. So you can skim over the paragraph, and you can read it if you want, or you can just yeah. get straight down to the business. So the business that you're talking about would be like minimum requirements that they would want. So like. You know, yeah, X well, it doesn't have to be. Or... Well, yeah. So, like, minimum requirements. Like, I think years of experience is like the only minimum requirement, right? Because like everything else is like experience with X, Y, Z technologies. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's always like you don't need all of these, but you yeah, know, nice to have, right? So it's like, but if you had all those things, but in different languages and stuff, like with a good engineer, that's just going to translate. 
That that's true. Yeah. So we're doing somewhat of a combination where it is more conversationally. Mm. Um, my thing with it is like I'm like you, George, where I my eyes will just fixate like. Hey, what 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 are what are the <laughs> yeah, buzzwords here? If you're scanning the page, like you're looking for the bullets, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out a way to kind of have a nice mixture of the two, where we can yeah. kind of like buzzword it out. <laughs> so it's just like people like us who's just like my eyes will focus on that, as opposed to obviously, I guess, I guess to your point, George, right? If you're interviewing, you're going to interview for a bunch of different places. Yeah. Right. Uh, and we like ideally you like for me i would scan it and be like oh balance i know what it's about right you know you're a platform for uh, a fitness platform for older adults great i want it i'm interested in that field what technologies do you use that's the first thing that i would think of yeah hmm. and then i would work my way back up and then read the the nice paragraphs well yes that like nice that's what i was gonna say like you can you can almost argue that you don't want somebody who's just mass applying to everything it's like oh i I meet these requirements let me just apply yeah that's true because we want someone senior right yeah funny you should say that because <laughs> when i apply i just mass apply i scan the bullets if it matches what i'm looking for i'll apply but you don't consider like hey i like this company i'm gonna apply as or long it's just, as you're not i've heard like, of this thing i want to as has long as the this... company isn't evil i don't care if I then get a call from the recruiter and I have like an upcoming interview, I'll go back and read the intro paragraph just to get a better sense of the company. You know, it's just a serial applier. Yet again, yeah, it's funny because I don't think I've applied for a job in the last four years or so. Like straight on their website. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've gone through LinkedIn and like waited for a recruiter or somebody to be like, hey, do you want this? Uh, after Compass... Like, obviously, you know, I am a big proponent of you should always be interviewing, kind of see your your kind of worth out there on the market at least once a year or so. Um, but typically, I actually stay away from technical recruiters. I try to, uh, or agencies, sorry. I'm going to say agencies oh, yeah. where, like, they're working with multiple companies. You never I, get the personal touch, I feel like. It's not even that. Like, I don't want... Because I feel like when I was at least in my junior age of career, I would get a technical recruiter, a recruiter from a big agency, and they'll be like, hey, we have a job opening with Facebook. Would you like to apply? And then you talk with them, and then you find out, oh, no, we don't have that anymore, so we're going to try to get you into another mm. yeah. random startup. They're just that trying to lure you yeah. in. And like, I don't like that, so I was always soured on that, but... I always try to go with like recruiters to companies that I think are interesting. Yeah. At that time. Or like and I think it's really just more my seniority of um I've been getting contacted by like when I went to Vision right after Compass, I got contacted by the founder. Same with Balance, getting contacted by a founder. So I think it's more like just as you kind of progress in your career, mm -hmm. you get more of the personal yeah. touch. Especially if you're more interested in startups. I mean yeah. definitely I, I think they the higher you get, the more they're like, well, the you're more not selective you can be. Yeah, like yeah. me, you're just, you're looking for something specific. Yeah, so it's a little bit easier. I mean, I think for me, if I was looking for a job, it would be like, I would go on one of these websites and if I like didn't know the company, probably would not apply to it. Like straight So you wouldn't do like a small startup then? I don't know. So I mean, like. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds that way because that's what I said, but like, I don't know. I feel like it's the the point I was trying to make was I wouldn't just go and apply to a bunch of places because the position was open. I would look for something that I would want to do as opposed to like, this is front end or this yeah, is infrastructure. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. go apply. You, like the industry. You would go. Yeah. yeah. Like something that's going to be interesting as opposed okay. to just yeah. like, this is the position and it's. The work is the same, so it doesn't matter. Like, I would rather be at a company that I would want to work at. I mean, I feel like I told you that, George, of, like, you know, you hit a certain point of your career. You know, you take any job, and then you hit a certain point where it's like, yeah, I want to be interested right. in the field to be kind of engaged, right? Like, you want to give it your 100% yeah. and not yeah, be invested, I would say. I, I definitely think, like, 
just to clarify me being a serial applier. Um, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't, I don't prefer websites like Indeed where you just apply to anything um, like angel.co, I think is. Angelist. Angelist. Yeah, I think it's uh, angel.co is their actual domain now. Yeah. Um, like I kind of prefer that now because it's like, it's a little more personal, like everything there is a little more serious. It's not indeed where like you search software engineer and you might get like cleaning lady. So, um, <laughs> well, yeah. Angelus is also very tech oriented. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. So we're talking about how to apply, where to apply, what we're looking for in a job listing. But once that recruiter reaches out to you, what does the whole interview process sort of look like? What, what what can we expect? Yeah. So in the first episode of the Story Points podcast, we talked about how we started in software engineering and how you can get started in software engineering and the different ways you can get into it and kind of learn the foundations. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the interview process. What does it look like before you get your first job? And how do you get? How do you prepare to get that first job? And what our experiences looked like, kind of what we think are the kind of pitfalls in the interviewing process as a software engineer, and how we think we might be able to make it better. So, with that being said, uh, my name is Roger King, and I am the founding engineer at Balanced. I'm Joe Maseri, senior software engineer at SeatGeek, and I'm George Marcantonis, front end engineer at Capsule. Great. So the software engineering interview process, it is definitely a doozy, to say plague. the least. <laughs> uh, I think we all dread it from time to time, uh, except for me. I kind of enjoy interviewing sometimes. I think I just like to talk about what I'm Weirdo. Done. You're a freak. <laughs> uh, but I can definitely say I do not enjoy the technical part. Uh, so the general process for interviewing as a software engineer Usually is, like they said, a recruiter kind of contacts out to you. You see if you like it. You kind of see if your background matches up. Then you'll either go to a technical interview, which can either be a pair programming, which is where you talk with someone from the company, and you'll either solve a problem or they'll just get a little bit more into your technical background. Uh, and then you'll do a... Uh, an on-site, or sometimes you do a take-home. I think it depends on the company. Mm -hmm. uh, but the part that usually is make it or break it is really the on-site. Um, I think the bigger companies have really established this idea that you're going to be on-site at the company for four hours. Uh, I yeah, think that's just like a like normal a full, thing. It's a right? full day. Yeah. yeah, just plan to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, and it's kind of crazy to be expected to do that because you have to, right? It's Monday to Friday <laughs> for every job. So you have to call out of work for at least half a day and then go in, do a four-hour interview where you'll be asked kind of the foundational concepts of programming or as of software engineering, right? You'll be asked a um, like a typical algorithm question, which is just you solving a problem. How do you solve a specific problem? They want to uh -huh. see how you think. Uh, you'll be asked an architecture question. So how do you build an application? Uh, and that can depend on your seniority, how many years right. of experience you have. Uh, most companies don't expect junior engineers or entry engineers to be able to solve this with great depth. Uh, and then there's going to be the cultural interview, which is can you kind of like match up with your yeah. team uh, for the sake of the company? How do you how do you care about the problems that they're solving and things like that? Um, so. What has the interview process been like for you two? Um, I have, I feel like I've interviewed quite a bit um, at a wide range of companies. So yeah, I've gone through like the recruiter call, uh, do this take home assessment, which is just like an online form that you fill out. Sometimes it's a true or false test. Sometimes it's a, build this project in something like Pleat Code. Um, and then there's like an on-site, you're going to talk to one engineer, solve a problem with them or two, possibly. Um, and then I've interviewed at big companies like Google where you, yeah, you call out that day, 
you have five hours. Um, they give you breaks in between. They give you like a lunch hour. So, and yeah. you've been all doing this throughout this COVID pandemic time, right? Uh, most of it. How how has that been? Like, I know when I first did my first COVID interview, it was weird. <laughs> like, companies didn't oh. figure out the whole getting on a video call. You had one long call or you had four calls. It was that's, a weird thing. That's a good point because I know you've done like the long panel interviews and I'm I'm curious what you think because I've done them virtually and it's kind of like you're finishing up your 45 minutes and you're just thinking, okay, I really have to pee because I drank so much water. <laughs> Boom, you get off that Google Meet, you run to the bathroom and like you just sit there and chill out for 15 minutes or like oh, you grab a pillow and scream and then go back to your computer it's kind of the same you go through 45 minutes you have to pee you tell them hey can i use the bathroom and then you go walk to the bathroom at the company yeah uh but there, like you you're kind of in the one it. room <laughs> yeah and you're in the one room like they come to you yep, right and then they give you like a break to go get lunch with someone or yeah. something okay i i just know every time i've done those interviews i've walked because i you know me i drink a lot of water so i'm always going That's to true. the bathroom uh, so there's like every time I go do a bathroom break, mm-hmm. I'll like walk out of the room and like fresh air just hits my face. And I'm like, so nice, right? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I've been in that room for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's it's exhausting. Like when I was done with the Google interview, which yeah. I did not pass, by the way, for the Got record. close. Hey. Got close. Don't... Uh, I passed the Googliness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after I, I'm pretty sure I just fell asleep. Like I was done. It was the afternoon. I just fell asleep and I said, that's it. I'm, I didn't want anyone to talk to me for the rest of the day. But going off of that, it almost seems like COVID has sort of helped in that regard because you're in a place of comfort, right? You're sitting in your living room yes. or yeah. your office or I'm wherever. I'm going to say yes. And you're not in somebody else's, you know, yeah. you, you're walking around this office. You don't know who's going to walk by. Also, I'm pretty sure. You're in an uncomfortable spot. I'm pretty sure it was easier because... Like, one engineer who interviewed me was from California. Like, he wasn't going to show up to the office in New York where I was going to apply. So, like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's easier, like, for staffing reasons. Yeah, I remember I've been, like, most conference rooms are, like, big and open, right? So, like, when I've been doing my algorithm question, pair They gave you a conference room? Yeah. Yeah. And... They had me writing on the board. I would see people walking by. They'll yeah. stop. Everybody yeah. stares at I'm you. Like, oh, yeah, I'm already nervous as is. Why you got to do this to me? Yeah. Everybody knows it's an interview if they're working there. Yeah. Um, but I think that sort of helps you with your nerves. A little bit. Definitely. Yeah. Because like now there's no, there's really no like whiteboarding. Now, if anything, it's like, oh yeah, here's like a, a, not notepad, but like here's a coder pad. Like write out what you're thinking. Okay, now can you get it working? And okay, but in so for me, yeah, for someone who's done the whiteboarding in person, I would actually prefer that because it's less precise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to yeah. be so critical. There's like, no run button. <laughs> no, yeah. I, well, that's true. I like what frustrates me. And I, you could get away with it in a whiteboarding question is you can say, oh, there's some function that finds this, right? And typically that's something like in very specific to the language yeah. because for people who don't know, in whiteboarding, you're pseudocoding. You're not yeah. writing exact code and write syntax. With CoderPad, things like CoderPad, Hankerank, whatever you yeah. use, you have to be very precise with the process and then Cause you you're gonna compile run it. it. Yeah. And as much as the... Inter- like the tech recruiters tell you, oh, it doesn't have to compile. They're going to judge on. you on whether yeah. it compiles yeah. or not, like no matter what. And your debugging <laughs> skills. Yeah, but that, yes. that yeah. almost feels like a better interview. From, like, from an interviewer's perspective, I think that's a better interview. I Yes. Because you can see yeah. them try to run the code. All right, you have this error. Yeah. What does that error mean? I oh, mean, you're it, missing your semicolon. You're missing whatever. It's like. definitely more precise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I, I kind of agree. I'm more comfortable interviewing in my PJs at home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm more comfortable with it. So I, I was on Leap Code, um, every single day, while I was interviewing, just solving at least one problem. And that's like a typical thing engineers yeah. do. 
<laughs> sign right? up. Like it's like, hey, sign up for lead code, sign up for premium pay, lead code pay for, for like month. a month. Yep. Totally Learn worth the solutions it. and because <laughs> it's it's a matter of can you answer this question? Can you answer it as fast as possible? Can you answer it as efficient as possible? So I just kind of like help someone prep for an interview and they for those of you who are following us uh they just got out of kind of a boot camp with a certain company and i asked them like a very basic i'm pretty sure it's definitely an easy question on leak code it might be the first one <laughs> but they couldn't solve it is it like find the pair of numbers that equal the sum yes that's like the most generic, yes. yeah. Yeah, that's like that's the typical Google. Uh, that was a first, like one of the top Google questions okay. in their interview process. That's why I remember. So I don't know how I got to where I am now, but while I was interviewing, I definitely never got to like the most efficient answer. I would always kind of think brute force. Okay, loop through the array. I think I was looping through twice, uh, most, and. I just kind of thought, like, can I solve it fast enough and do I feel comfortable talking to someone? Because you have to remember, as you're typing, you're also talking every single step you're doing to someone. You're you're justifying it. Yeah, and, and they yet, might be asking you questions. And you have to remember, like, nerves get into play where Definitely. you're not talking or yeah. your code isn't clear where it's clear to me as an interview or us as an interviewer, yeah. hey, this is what this does, right? So I... I think I leak code helped me, um, but I I gave this person that first question. They couldn't solve it at all. They flat out said, I can't solve it. I said, eh, maybe you should try. Uh, four hours later, we kind of got through like a good enough solution. I think I could build a computer in that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we did that yesterday. <laughs> um, it wasn't the most optimal, but at least like, you know, I was questioning them like, okay, what would you do if I asked you this question? How would you justify this? So I was kind of like, we were kind of doing half the question, half like interview prep. Um, but I remember thinking like, in my mind, I was like, how, what's the most optimal solution? How would I do this as fast as possible so that I can avoid this? How can I uh, like get the O of N as low as possible? And I'm yeah, so proud of you for, for someone for straight... thinking of that. I remember when you started learning and just practicing. You're like, "What does it matter?" Um, but yeah, for someone straight out of a boot camp, I was I was very surprised that they kind of didn't even try. Yeah, and I think you know it's it's the same thing for when we got out of school, right, Joe? Like we weren't taught how to interview, and I think that's something like they should definitely put into like. Yeah. I don't know if you were. I definitely was not. Well, not really taught, but I mean, as part of RIT's program, right, you had to do a year's worth of internships. So you had to go out and get your own internship and interview and do all of that. So it was sort of indirect in that huh. they kind of forced you into doing the whole interview process, but there wasn't a lot of let's go do some interview practice i mean i think you could have done that if you wanted to like schedule time with yeah some i don't even know who i just think it's changed you know throughout the years yeah and it's definitely become more defined because i know when we first started interviewing like what 10 years ago seven mm -hmm. years ago or so whatever yeah. it is <laughs> About eight years, um, probably. it was really just like pair program on site and then it was like, yeah, I mean, the code wasn't a thing, right? Really? I don't know. You poor guys. I didn't know about it. So, I <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a thing we knew about. Yeah. Put it so, that way. Um, it, it was just a different world, right? I just feel like now it's way more established. It's like, yeah, if you know the like if now that you know the process, now that we've explained it to you, that is the process for every single company for the most part, right? Well, a actually, lot, not like, a lot of companies change off of it. Hmm. I kind of want to argue against the lead code path, though, a little bit. Why? Just because, I mean, I haven't, when I went through my interview process, this was almost four years ago, I don't know, so. but for an infrastructure position, it was, it was the same kind of steps, but it was 
different, mm-hmm. right? So we had recruiter call, kind of tech screen type thing. And then from there, it was a video interview of talk me through the tools that you've used and sort of your logging, your uh, metrics collection, all of this sort of infrastructure level stuff to kind of gauge experience. And then it was the take home, which was build a simple app and then run it in Docker and like use Docker Swarm and all that as more of a functional hey, do you know how to operate the system as opposed to can you solve this programming question? Yeah, it's so it's interesting because when I worked at Compass and I interviewed there, it was for their DevOps position or their infrastructure team. And I had the typical pair programming, whiteboarding question. Um, And I just remember getting out of that interview and telling my manager at the time, saying like, hey, I was really nervous. Like, I don't know if I did that well. And I remember when I got hired, I talked to him about it. And he was like, yeah, they just thought you were DevOps and all you had to do was script. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm telling them how to run their application, what libraries to use, how to structure. It's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like, if I'm supposed to find the most optimal solution for something, but you're relying on me to tell you how to write your application... it's weird i think it just all depends on the company and what they're looking for in that position at the time yeah i mean my point was more like i feel like now yes everybody says go do lead code go do lead code don't go do lead code but also not every interview depending on the position will be can you solve this algorithm question basically yeah i guess for the ones that i applied for it was kind of just junior Junior, either front end, JavaScript, web, or software engineer, and then you read the uh, <laughs> details, and it just says front end yeah. JavaScript or web developer. Um, but so Joe talked a little bit more about you know infrastructure, mm-hmm. hi, uh, interviewing as an infrastructure position, and you talked a little bit about front end. Um, in your experience, or I guess your expectation for the front end positions. What did you think those interview processes would look like? You mean way back when you told me, hey, you should really study JavaScript? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so years ago, I thought it's a front end position. They're going to ask, can you build a website? Can you make it look like this picture? So it was like HTML and CSS. Um, kind of no JavaScript because at the time I thought like a front end engineer just makes things look nice and that's it. Uh, years and years of interviewing made me realize like, no, a JavaScript, uh, a front end engineer also has to worry about all the data going into that site. Uh, they have to process it. They have to fetch that. They have to, it's a lot. So how do you make the site faster? Yeah. Right. Like I just showed you when I built Balance's app, Mm -hmm. right? I had a month to build it. I took shortcuts and the page loads slow. So it's like, how do you make that faster? It's almost like like an entire application, but just on the browser. Yeah. Because you have to worry about like storage, managing data, fetching data. Um. So yeah, I I kind of shifted at some point. I, I don't know. I can't say exactly when. You might remember, <laughs> but I kind of shifted to all right. I need to learn JavaScript as much as possible. I need to be able to answer any question related to JavaScript. That's all I need to study. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the way to go. Because every interview I've been in, it's kind of, can you answer this question? Okay, what language are you going to use? It's a front-end position, and they're asking me, what language am I going to use? I don't know why sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, I always say, like, JavaScript. Um, I I won't forget when I interviewed for a, I think it was a staff front-end engineer position at some company. I can't remember what it was. The guy interviewing me only knew Python. Nice. And I go, okay, this is for a front-end role, right? And he goes, yeah, 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 but I'm going to be interviewing you. So what language do you want to use? I go, JavaScript. And he goes, 
okay, but we're a Python shop. I'm like, yes. All right, on the back. <laughs> but for the front end, I believe you use JavaScript on the browser, right? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I feel like that was on them, sort yeah, of. Yeah, and I just thought it was ridiculous. Uh, yes, there, there are going to be people listen to this and be like, oh, you can do service. No, that's not the point. They were looking for someone who knew React. Okay. Yeah. End of that discussion. Um, oh, so was the right answer React, not JavaScript? When they asked you what language, I think were you so, supposed yes. to say React? I think so. Um, but it's just, it's so, it, like, to your point, right? Yeah. Like, front end has just evolved into this, like, full stack role. And when yeah. we say full stack, it's like... You have to know how the front end works and slightly how the back end works enough to kind of do what you need it to do or to solve a bug in most front end roles, right? Like it's like a catch all. Yeah. You do everything. I just have to say this is like a topic quickie, but uh, (laughs) teaser for our full stack episode. There we go. Um, Recruiters might say, oh, what language do you know? Or, oh, what do you know? What do you code in? Whatever. And you could say JavaScript, and they might not know that React is JavaScript. Or that TypeScript is JavaScript. Or that TypeScript <laughs> is JavaScript. Or that Node is JavaScript. Or that Node can be backend. And it's like, I've realized as I've interviewed that I really need to ask those questions first. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Okay, now I know how to communicate with you. I'll say what clicks in your head. Um yeah. So I, for those out there, yeah. It's also keep important that in to mind. ask good questions, right, in your interviewing process. Um, especially in the whiteboarding part, you want to ask clarifying questions. And um, I don't know if you've interviewed people, George, but no. I know you and I have, Joe, and it's yeah. it's a lot of times you're almost leading them to the answer you want to hear. And yeah, well, because like, like they don't know what you're looking for, exactly. so you sort of have to guide them to kind of see yeah. if they'll give you that answer. And sometimes we'll give very vague answers to kind of see, are you going to ask the important question that we're yeah. looking for, right? Are you going to ask this specific question? But that's part of the interview. Yeah. Like, do you try to dig a little bit deeper yep. and figure out what I'm getting at? Basically? Yeah, and a lot of that, shows up in not just the whiteboarding but also the architecture part of interviewing mm-hmm. uh, which is my favorite part because i love to kind of understand how apps work and then i get excited about like oh how do we how do we how would i build that or how would you know what tools would i use to get to that product um i think my favorite interview question for those is like can you build me um tiny url or like bitly i think those both are the same thing hmm. uh but like how do you build me bitly and at the surface it's so simple but if you really drill down to it it's actually pretty hard <laughs> hmm. um and i remember in that interview process they like i went with a tool i knew and then they asked okay what else can you use to make it better right you don't have to be an expert in the tool that they're expecting you to say hmm. but the fact that you know it the fact you understand it a little bit kind of shows them okay you're curious about this technology you'll be curious enough to work with it yeah so you don't have to necessarily have that experience that kind of correlates directly to what they need you just need to be again like hungry and curious enough to kind of work with what they need or what work with what they have yeah i mean i think that sort of goes back to the interviewer though like yeah because there's good interviews and there's bad interviews right like there's interviews where they're not giving you much information yeah. and you don't know what to, to like say next and you're kind of just floundering around. But if the interviewer asks you questions and kind of brings it out of you, then that kind of that's true. You with. It it does make a big difference. Um like if the interview if the interviewer is very quiet and they kind of like I've been in an interview where the interviewer just said, okay, how can you make it more efficient? How can you make it more efficient? Okay, even more now, even more. So like they just repeated that one question. They didn't say anything else. And at a certain point I was like, yeah, well, I tanked this. (laughs) Might as well save my energy for the next one. Yeah, Um, but it almost like 
like when you get a, an interview like that, it's almost like the interviewer doesn't know what they're asking. They're just like, oh, make it more efficient. Like it says on the paper here that I should say make it more efficient. And they just like keep trying yeah, to drill true. down as opposed um, to like knowing themselves an excellent what point. they're looking for. Uh, that interview did not go well, by the way, <laughs> for the viewers like at home. <laughs> Uh, I remember an interview where the person was just staring at their phone the whole time. And at first I (laughs) thought it was, oh, they're getting pinged on Slack. I know, like, you know, it happens to me. There's an outage going on. Uh, But like I said before, we're in a glass conference room so I can see the glass behind you and see the reflection of your phone and that you're on Instagram staring at Mm -hmm. random stuff. And at that point in that interview, I was just like, he doesn't care yeah so i was like i i think it kind of helped me kind of like relax my nerves so i'm like all right this That's guy doesn't true. care yeah. i don't care and then yeah. i just solve the problem um but i remember but you don't want to be in an interview like that like that's not yeah. a good interview experience yeah and true. i i remember at the company i was at at the very end the manager asked how was the interview and i i told him, i was like hey like that first interview really threw me off because the person was on their phone the whole time. I didn't feel comfortable. I'm already nervous to begin with. Like that wasn't cool. Yeah. And they took it to heart. They yeah. well, emailed I mean, I, me I back being that's... like, Hey, like we, you know, we talked with them and so on. So like, and I normally wouldn't have done that, but it really bothered me Yeah, <laughs> yeah <but laughs> enough like, to stick with me for five hours. But really though, like that should not be the yeah. case. Yes, in an definitely. Um, but, okay, so we talked a lot about the interview process, and one last thing I want to talk about kind of in the process of it all uh, is you have to remember that uh, us as interviewers are human. Mm-hmm. So one thing that we were taught uh, when we're interviewing at companies, I know at Compass we got kind of went through interview training. I don't know if you go through the same thing at SeatGeek. Yeah, we did. Okay, so one thing they talked about is just the human aspect of it, right? Like... Uh, we can have a bad day, right? Like you're busy, you're hopping from meeting to meeting, or there's an outage, like you said, Joe, one day, and you're just so frustrated, and then you're just so short with the candidate, and you don't mean to. Um, And I think as someone who is going to be interviewing, you should take that into mind, right? Like we are human. We have, you know, as much as, you know, we would want to give you a full 100% of our attention in that one hour or so, it can be a little daunting. That could be our third interview of the day. Yeah. And it's, it's just as exhausting as it is for you as it is for us. So it's just keep that in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, try try to be a little lighthearted. I know I do when I start interviews. Like, try to not just talk Break about... Ice a yeah, bit, exactly. Like, instead yeah. of getting right exactly. into it. Yeah, like that's happened before where it's just like, okay, here's the problem. And then like the person gives it to me. But yeah. like I try to talk a little bit and kind of get comfortable. Yeah. Um, so we talked a lot about kind of our experiences in interviewing. Um, I think one thing that I know I want to talk about is a lot about kind of how me as a founding engineer at Balanced is going to be setting up the interview process for our incoming candidates. And I truly was stumped. I didn't, I wasn't sure if I should go with the typical interview process that we have right now as an engineer that we just discussed, or if we should go something a little more unique. So well, that's part of the fun of being the founding engineer and trying true. to yeah. find the next person. I get right? to do everything that <laughs> I hated as someone who went through the interview process and do everything that I liked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, you just adjust much. it to what you want to do and what you think the experience should be. Yeah. And it's so slightly off topic is we hired someone back in november uh not as an engineer but they were kind of we didn't know what the position was but we knew we needed help for the launch and one of the things i said uh in this big you know company-wide meeting about it or discussion there's only five of us at the time yeah (laughs) company-wide i know i was like it sounds like it's 40 people (laughs) but i i was i made it clear i was like if we don't know what this role is we shouldn't be trying to hire the person we had two people that we wanted to hire we weren't sure one had a lot of experience one was fresh out of school so it's like we weren't sure um and i said let's i don't want them to get hired and then we don't know what they want them to do and then in three or four months we're like why are they not doing what we want them to do so it's like we want to set them up for success 
and that's very similar to what I want to do with like this engineering process is like setting them up for success and defining what the role is going to be and not just be like, we need a software engineer. All right. That's not useful to right. anybody. Right. Like if you were to come into this role, George, I wouldn't want it to just out of nowhere. Now we're expecting you to write machine learning stuff, for example. Right. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to the company. It's not yeah. fair to the whole thing. So yeah, when you're that size, though, I feel like it is almost to your advantage because you don't need somebody who's spe so specialized. Right. Like you need yeah, somebody right. who can almost do everything and kind of just jump in. Right. So you're you're really hiring a software engineer. Period. That like that's their title. But one that you feel confident like you can throw anything at them and they might just go with it um yeah so like you're really investing in someone who you think can pick up things and go and yeah. run with it which almost makes your interview process i don't i don't want to say harder. it's easier you think it's harder i mean as i'm curious to hear what you think but uh i think it makes it harder because then you have to tailor the interview to throw like a curveball at them and see how do they do? Do they pick it up? Do they not pick it up? Are they asking questions? Are they not? Like, are they willing? Are they not willing? What? I, I think it's harder. As like the person interviewing, it, or being the interviewer, yeah. uh, it's harder because like I really, like every hire really counts, right? Uh, yeah. Like this yeah. is very important Definitely. that we find the right person for this role to fill this role. Yeah. Um, but so the process that uh, I have thought of and come up with is instead of a pair programming or technical assessment, it's really just going to be a take-home test. And a take-home test, we want this position to be a little more front-end focused, but being comfortable with the back-end. So being able to build APIs. So the take-home test is really going to mirror kind of what you would do at Balanced. Right, like, what would your like, what would a typical ticket look like? And it's it might be a little bit too much for people, but it's just going to be like build a simple API and then build a front end that connects to that API. Um, I mean, I feel like that's a good sort of take home test because it's something that you would be doing on the job, right? Like, that's one of the things that I think we've talked about a lot is you have all these interviews that especially as you're more senior, you don't want to do the take-home test because you feel like you're doing something that you're not going to be working on or it's mm -hmm. like they yeah. should be paying me to tell them how to do this as opposed to sort of assessing your skills some other way. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people actually look down on take-home tests. I personally like them a lot because I think that's where I shine the most and like well it's I, your one opportunity to show how you can write code and yeah like in your an environment style, that i am comfortable in right. and like i usually always try to go like above and beyond of like this i'm gonna treat it like a production app i'm not just gonna throw everything in one file i'm gonna write good documentation for it but that's part of your job like, yeah like but that's almost like you're not expected to do that as part of the take-home but that shows the company that you care about. I can about tell you, I put, I put that in the instructions, like treat this like it's like a production app as yeah. much as you can. But, but so, that's also, if they tell you, you this should take you about four hours and it takes you about, let's say less than four hours, but almost four hours to like build everything the way they want. Would you spend those extra hours that oh, extra yeah, time? Oh yeah, 100%. Okay. Every time I've done a take home. Same. Um, because if you really want the job, you'll yeah. spend the time. And yeah. then, so there's this argument um, that one of the co-founders mentioned is like a lot of people don't want to actually do the take home. They want to get paid for it. Yeah, which is what I was just mentioning. Yeah. yeah. And okay. uh, I've never heard of that anytime <laughs> I've done a take home. Uh, but it's something that we're considering is actually paying you to do the take home test. Uh, I know when I was interviewing at Balance, they considered me doing like a bug fix for them. I don't know in what app because they didn't have an app. Yeah. <laughs> if they give you like, but they wanted me to fix something or work on something. I mean, it might've been just like their when we marketing at, website. When we were at Zillion, right. Wasn't that part of uh, one of the interviews where there was almost, there was the site was down 
during one of the interviews and the interviewee like actually jumped in and was like try these things to bring the site back up like that was a good oh yeah oh is this guy able to <laughs> troubleshoot production well he's doing it right now in our interview like, i'm pretty sure we hired him on this like right yeah. after that <laughs> but like something like that like obviously you can't do that for every interview but mm. like i can make i can bring production down <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can simulate a, a production outage but like that to me being able to do that right then and there without much context but like asking the questions and like trying to figure out what's going on is a better interview than anything else you could sort of think up in your head yeah for sure uh because like you i mean most people know you have google right there right like when you have when you're working on something for work you have google or you have something to reference to whether it's a piece of code that someone wrote few months ago a few weeks ago that can kind of help you solve the problem or it is google Hmm. you know you have something there uh so it's a take-home test and after that is just the on-site kind of seeing uh how they mesh with the team like a cultural fit uh, how they mesh with the product person who they'd be working with every day um and then the two technical interviews of and of uh kind of building on top of the take-home so kind of i'm trying to mixing the worlds of do you know how to take an algorithm that is pretty common that you've seen on leak code, right? And how do you have that? How do you put that into an application? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be all your code. You should be familiar with it. And I feel like that's a pretty good interview process for that. Uh, and then obviously the architecture problem, which, you know, if you know me, I'm going to be pretty harsh on them on that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I feel like that's a good interview process, right? Like you have a take home, you can work on it. You can, give it that polish that you think it deserves and you then can spend you... those extra hours if you want right and yes. so that was another thing where but, a lot of times they'll say yeah spend this should take four hours right like in my experience when it says it should take no. four hours, that is <laughs> no. never the case right yeah. and then no. you start feeling bad about yourself because you're like i should have done this in four hours but it took me an entire day to do I I remember I did the Disney. This is before they were Disney streaming. It was the. Uh, it was when they were MLB Labs or what was it? It was they, something like that. Bamtech. They, yeah, Bamtech. It was Bamtech. You're they right. did not change since they've become Disney Plus. Uh, but I interviewed with them, and it was right before they were going to become Disney streaming. Uh, and I remember the interview or the take home test was, uh, given a number of coin flips, can you? Tell me the possibility of landing on heads and tails, something like that. That wasn't my question. Fifty <laughs> percent. I had a whole. Was, I had a project. It was something like that. It was like something very algorithmic. But I remember it was like three and a half hour mark. I was timing myself. I was like, I'm going to do this in four hours. This is what they said. I'm going to do it in four hours. Yep. Three and a half hours. I'm like, I don't have this thing compiled. Like, what am I doing wrong? Why is it not giving me the output? Right. And I was freaking out. I remember I, it was working like 90% of the time. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't know what else to do. I submitted the project and guy goes, yeah, it works great. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Didn't 90%. <laughs> yeah, but like when they're testing your code, yeah. like I was saying before, like some people will just run your script or like whatever the instructions yeah. are that you give them. And then if it gives the right output, they're like, okay, it works on to yeah. the next round. No mm-hmm. edge cases or anything because any, anybody who's been in that position knows like you don't always have that kind of time. Right. But if you're, if they're saying also do this in four hours, you can't account for all those edge cases. Yeah. True. Um, so in our case for our take home, you know, it's going to be, Hey, this shouldn't take you that much time, but try to get it back to us in a reasonable amount of time. So like, don't spend two weeks trying to get it back to us, right? That's a little ridiculous, but like, yeah. maybe like a week, like, you know, get it back to us and trying to like, kind of be upfront about your time. Like, mm. I hate to say like, you're an adult, you should be able to know kind of ahead of time. Some things are, I know things yeah. can pop up, but plan it out. <laughs> yeah. Like plan when you're going to work on it. Like say, Hey, I think I can get to this you know, later on this weekend and then I'll have yeah. something back to you by the right. next Wednesday or something. Well, that's always also the kind of struggle I feel like for an interviewee is, yeah. okay, I have this interview and now you're saying, get it back to me whenever, you know, <laughs> take a week or whatever. But are they judging me? If Am I submitting it today, tomorrow? Right. In one hour? If well, I <laughs> submit it in an hour, does that mean I do good? <laughs> 
Yeah, right. Well, there's Can that, I take one month? Also, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you have your normal job, so you have to work right, on that right. as a priority, yeah. right? So now you're limited to nights or you're going to spend your weekend yeah. doing it. So, you know, if you can't get it done I mean, during your weekend, then you're like, okay, now... What do you think now... people are doing when they work from home? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the the <Yeah>. take-homes <laughs> that I have gotten, the recruiter who, like, sets everything up just flat out asks me, Hey, it's during the it's the middle of the week. Like I know you're not going to get to this. Uh, are you okay submitting this by Monday? Yeah. So it's like it at least you're weekend. you're setting up like some vague ETA. Yeah. Right. So like well it you're be setting Monday morning, Monday so evening. Yeah. Exactly. So like you could if you don't know like oh I'm away this weekend you can kind of say that and then maybe they'll say okay then we'll send it to you on Monday and you have until the following Monday. So like maybe you have a bad week or yeah, be an adult, figure out like, Oh, I'm going away. I'm on vacation, whatever. And And I get things kind of pop up, but there's a kind of fine line of when things pop up versus, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, but also like if you're, if you can't do the test, then it's like, maybe you're waiting for the person you paid to finish and <laughs> yeah. get it back to you so that you can submit. Um, I, by no means do we endorse that. <laughs> none of us have ever done that before. Um, this is sponsored by <laughs> Coding Dojo. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I think that's an actual <laughs> company. But if you'd of- like to sponsor us, we are very funny. <laughs> um, but I remember for one take home, I, I did struggle with it. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't to where I wanted it to be. And it still wasn't where I wanted it to be. I had this whole like idea mm. in my head, like I'm going to do this whole kind of like architecture around it. And it was very, um, I actually liked it a lot. It kind of gave me inspiration for what I want to do here of kind of talk with them. Right. Let me talk with the candidate first kind of see where their skills line up and kind of how can we make that shine through this project? So he knew my architecture skill, like my architecture knowledge is kind of where it's going to shine, not necessarily the uh, algorithm part. So let's do that. Let's play into your skills and see how we can yeah, kind of tailor what can you come up with. Their... Yeah. So I kind of like that idea too, um, of trying to tailor to what they're good at. Yeah. And it makes them feel good. Right. Yeah, well, if you're working on something that you're familiar with, you you know, yeah. you can do a better job at it, basically. Yeah, I had this whole thing of, like, trying to process. It was like, can you scrape this website? Now give us this particular information. And I was going to turn it into, like, a whole API and then a whole, like, dashboard you can just submit the URL to and the fields you want. It was a whole thing. <laughs> I was building my own, like, little web scraper bot UI. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do that in four hours, right? No. But what you can do, Joe, which is great you bring it up, you can put it in the readme, right? You can put it, like, I think... Future improvements. Great readmes oh, yeah. to go a long way. Yeah. Like, what would you do if you, this was your project for three months? This is a three-month-long project. Like, how would you break up your tasks? Okay, yeah. you know that they're organized. They know how to kind of allot their time and things like that. Yeah, but I feel like that's that is really above and beyond what... what like somebody would expect out yeah. of a four-hour take-home putting like a kind of improvement section or doing just the like thinking actual ui part that if, i was talking like, about do, obviously doing but like even like putting i mean i would say it's a nice touch to have a readme and like how to run your code and all of that but like thinking for three months ahead yeah i feel like is very it's it's a senior thing to do to say all right this is how i would Go like, above and beyond. I, I would definitely steps. add in the readme, like, these are things I would have liked to get to. Yeah. It, or if I, you had an issue my weekend with. got cut short, like, I only had four hours, I couldn't go above and beyond. Hey, I would have liked to add testing or this, that, the other. That I can see. But yeah, three months, that's, I think at your level, Roger, that's when you start to think three months out. I I just I think cannot. I like to think that. <laughs> well, no, I can't like, do that for my life though. So like, yeah. No, but uh, clearly, you're not an adult and can tell me when you can yeah, just take home. Yeah, <laughs> but as I got you, drunk last time. <laughs> but as you become more senior, like you'll just start naturally thinking. Yeah. All right, how would we? What would this look like in three months? Right, but like, yeah, true. 
for a possible home. improvements. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Or if you at least asked for that yeah. at the end, like, hey, fill out the readme with things that you would have liked to do or possible improvements you could see in the right. future, then 100%, yeah, I, I could see. Like, I take mean, a few minutes, think about none it. None of these are do? also, like, original thoughts. It's all just from, like, my experience, which yeah. is kind of why I, I kind of like this format but, of this podcast. Like, we're talking about experiences. Yeah. Like, it's all experience that I've, I've had where – I've done a take home and then they've asked me in my interview, Hey, how would you improve on this? Like, what would you do if yeah. this was like a project? I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then I don't think about but it. But that's a good question. I <laughs> so, would like to see in interviews. Like I would like to see that pop up. Hey, what would you do if this was your project and you had six months to build upon this? Yeah. Like, but as that's you a very interesting question to me. As you interview, like you said, right? Like you have the take home then you're sort of thinking like, what if they ask me how I'm going to improve? Like you sort of anticipate that they're going to ask, how would yeah. I improve this? But also like you just start naturally thinking, how would I do this better? Yeah. So it kind of just comes naturally. I think, mm -hmm. I think it's also like, like you said, in almost in the beginning of this episode is there's so many little things that we have to worry about in an interview process. It's yeah. like, where do you how do you like that's the last <laughs> thing i'm worried about to me after they tell me hey we want you to go to the on-site i'm now on lead code <laughs> or i'm like oh crap i gotta do this whiteboarding thing yeah. all right and i'm like going through the different stages of you'll be fine just wing it just go <laughs> off your instincts you'll be good and it doesn't go that way <laughs> yeah i mean it never goes how you're gonna expect it to go yeah yeah so we talked a lot in this episode just mm -hmm. about interviewing but as a kind of closing thing, what is a kind of piece of advice you'd give people interviewing? Lead code. All right. If I lead think code anyone wants to sponsor us. fully <laughs> understood, you kept saying lead All code right, like good. 20 times. Lead code. Junior engineers, lead code. That's Senior it. Senior engineers, just lead code. <laughs> <laughs> Senior engineers, they should know. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Well, that's actually a good point because what I was going to say for the bit of advice is know your own experiences, right? Like, cause that's one of the things in the interview. If you talk, even if you're, you don't know exactly what they're asking, if you can link it back to an experience that you had, or, you know, a time you engineered this thing or a problem you were running into, it goes a longer way than just some sort of theoretical thing that you would do. Right. Cause it shows that you've done the, whatever in the past uh i want to use an, an analogy uh preparing for an interview is like rocky rocky balboa so rocky one two three he didn't know what he was doing he was learning he had a trainer that trainer is lead code <laughs> rocky four this guy <laughs> both his trainers died spoiler alert Internet's down. <laughs> but at that point, Rocky was a champ. I think okay? you say spoiler alert before you say this. All right, whatever. <laughs> Rocky was a champ. He knew what he was doing. He went to Russia to a barn, and he just trained by himself. He just packed on like 20 pounds of muscle. But like Rocky knew at that point. Rocky was a senior. He said, I don't need leak code. Just give me a barn, and I'll figure shit out. At yeah. that point, you should know. That was it. You yeah, you know, you know your shit, right? You can talk about it, just be able to explain it, know the details. Yeah, and uh, my piece of advice is always understand how apps are built. <laughs> uh, I think I've seen a lot of engineers come through where they can pass those whiteboarding problems, but when it comes to actually building an application, uh, they don't know how to build a modern application, especially when it comes to like working with the cloud. Right, working with AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, uh, they're not choosing the right technologies that are suited for the problem. They're just kind of working with very general technologies like, say, Mongo or Postgres. They just say, like, databases that they've used. They're not saying, hey, we should use um, an Aurora cluster, right? And the reasons why they should use that. Or maybe they just spew out kind of like buzzwords but not really understand what they mean. Um, and understanding the cloud, I think, is super important, especially now. Uh, again, everything's in the cloud. You're always interfacing with some kind of technology in the cloud. Yeah, I mean, a lot of apps are, are interacting with 
cloud APIs, right? Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, most apps are built in the cloud. And if you're going to be a software engineer, sometimes you have to be more full stack and work with cloud technologies. So thank you all for listening. We talked a lot about just how long and how much effort it takes to land a job as a software engineer. We hope you can take a little something out of our experiences. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe. We are on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. We try to release a new episode weekly, and we'll talk to you next time. Dun da da 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 dun da